Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now for our story. It was early afternoon at the Lane Farm and Aunt Mary and her son Randy were following the old precepts. After breakfast, work a while. After lunch and rest a while. After dinner, walk a mile. In other words, they were resting in their own way. Which meant that Aunt Mary, with a big wicker sewing basket beside her, was darning socks. <laughs> Randy socks. While her son, stretched out on the floor full length, was leaning on his elbows and reading aloud from a shabby old brown book whose title, in worn gilt letters, spelled out the word Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens. It was a habit the two had fallen into which symbolized their close companionship. And as she listened to Randy's voice while she wove her neat, careful stitches, there was a look of great contentment on Mary Lane's face. Kate looked very much perplexed and was apparently about to ask for further explanations when a shouting and scuffling noise as of an elderly gentleman whooping and kicking up his legs on loose gravel with great violence was heard to proceed from the same direction as the former sound. And before they had subsided, a live cucumber was seen to shoot up in the air with the velocity of a skyrocket, whence it descended tumbling over and over until it fell at Mrs. Nickleby's feet. Oh, goodness. <laughs> this is where Mrs. Nickleby acquires her elderly admirer. <laughs> hey, Mom, how'd you like to have a suitor who tossed towers of vegetables over the garden wall after you? Signifies admiration. I'm afraid I wouldn't know what to do. That's simple. Just gather up the vegetables and invite the gentleman over to dinner. Oh, indeed. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good place to leave the Nickleby family. Let's discuss the uh, Lane family for a while. You've been buzzing around so much lately, and so has Peggy. Huh? Kind of out of touch. I have been away quite a lot, dear. What with one thing and another. I talked to David Bowman last night, you know. Oh, and he got back to Miami, okay? Yes, he and Kit got in yesterday around noon. Where's Kit staying? David took her to the Huntsville Sanitarium. This uh, Dr. Larrabee is in charge over there. Well, uh, did David say how she is? I mean, uh, is it as bad as it sounded when Paul Cromwell phoned? Well, David couldn't say definitely. That is, Dr. Larrabee hasn't been able to tell him much yet. Uh, I've heard about Martin Larrabee. Matter of fact, he went to high school around here. I remember they were still talking about him when I went to school. He played quarterback. Fellas said he was dynamite. Well, David has a lot of faith in him. I know that. 
Well, if he's as good a psychiatrist as he was at athletics, there's nothing to worry about. Somehow, I can't believe Kip won't get back on his feet. Let's hope so, Andy. But according to David, she's a very sick girl. In a way, it doesn't surprise me too much, her cracking up like this. Even when she was a little kid, she was always mm, kind of strange. Never seemed to fit in. Yes, I remember. That was mostly because of her home life, though. You can't expect a youngster to be normal if the background is all wrong. And kids was. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, just having Ben for a dad, she had two strikes against her. And yes, I believe Ben was fond of her in his own way. Maybe so. But I think that girl was scared to death of him. Mm-hmm. David thinks this experience she's going through right now may be a turning point for her. But when she recovers, she may develop into the fine person she might have been. Yeah, if it isn't too late. Well, if anything can be done for her, David will see that it is. <laughs> Good old David. It was swell of him to take over. I'm darn glad the responsibility didn't all fall to Bill and Peggy. Say, uh, does Ben know Kip's back? I don't know, dear. Why? Well, I was just thinking about his refusing to do anything for her. Wondering if he's seen her now that she's back. Well, I haven't heard, Randy. But I rather doubt that Kip will be allowed visitors right now. And especially not her father. I imagine the doctor would consider it very bad for her. He needs friendship, understanding, and freedom from tension. Yeah. I can just imagine Ben giving her those things. Mm-hmm. But those are the things David hopes to provide for her. Yes, David Bowman does hope to provide his niece with the peaceful security the doctor believes necessary to her recovery. But as Aunt Mary and her son discuss this matter, David is greeted by his old friend, Judge Hiram Willoughby, who presided over the custody suit of Meade versus Calvert. Judge Willoughby has just seated himself opposite David in the latter's fenced-in enclosure at the Wakefield Bank. Well, this is quite an honor, Hiram, to dropping in to see me. Haven't seen you in a blue moon. Yeah, I know, David. It's too bad a couple of old folkies like us couldn't get together once in a while for a little relaxation. <laughs> well, just name the time. I promise you I'll manage to take time off as you will. Yes. Yes, we'll have to do that sometime. Just at the moment, there are... That is, I have something quite serious to discuss with you. Oh? Well, go right ahead, Hiram. That's what I'm here for. I might have known the only reason you came in was something to do with business. Well, it's, uh, not business exactly. At least, not your line of business. I only wish the whole thing hadn't occurred. What's the matter with you, Hiram? Good Lord, man, come out with us. After all the years we've known each other, you have something on your mind? Yes, I know. Foolish of me to be so. David, I understand you just got back from a trip. That's right. But how did you know? I'm coming to that. I hate to say this, David, but speaking as a friend, and not as a judge, I think you made a mistake bringing your niece back into the state. And that is under the circumstances. Oh, you know about that, too. About Kit. Yes. Do you mind telling me how you found all this out? Somebody telephoned. Somebody? Who was it? That's rather a peculiar thing, David. I don't know who it was. He refused to give me his name. Refused? That's very odd. Couldn't have been Ben. No matter what, I don't think... No, 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 no. It, it wasn't Ben. I'd have known his voice. This was a young fellow, by the sound of him. I'd like to know who it was. But that's not the point. I'd hope to get Kit back on her feet without everyone in town knowing about her illness. However, that doesn't explain your attitude. Frankly, Hiram, I'm, I'm puzzled. 
It's not my fault. Hold on a minute, David. I'm aware I haven't handled this very well. I'm sorry. But the fact is, I'm in a very uncomfortable spot. Well, I don't see how my arrangements for kid affect you in any way. But if you've got something on your mind, good Lord, man, tell me what it is. Look, David, you remember the custody suit between your niece and her former husband over that baby boy? Of course I remember it. Well, you see, don't you remember how Kit got up on that witness stand and told one lie after another? That's perjury, David. Perjury? It's a grave offense. Yes. Yes, of course it is. I should have remembered. But you see, when I heard Kit was ill, I had just one thought in my mind. To bring her back near home where I could look out for her. That girl is ill, Hiram. Mentally ill. That's what I understood. I see what you meant now. I realize Kit perjured herself on the stand, and she has to face the consequences. But good Lord, Hiram, not now. Not while she's in this dangerous mental condition. It, it might be disastrous. But the trouble is, my hands are completely tied. You know Craig? He's a man who follows a straight line, so far as the law is concerned. So do I, for that matter. Well, certainly. I know that and respect you for it. Well, the fact is that the district attorney, if Craig wants an indictment, there's not a thing in the world I can do. I can't even postpone it. But what about the girl's illness? You can't expect a girl in that state to, to answer for what she's done in, in the past. That's just the catch. There's a difference between being held accountable in the eyes of the law and in the opinion of a psychiatrist. It's too bad, David. But there it is. Hiram, this is bad news. Very bad news. If there were anything I could do. But there isn't. It's out of my hands. David, I'm afraid your niece is in for a lot of trouble. I just wanted to let you know. Yes, David, you wanted to help Kit, the daughter of your sister Kathleen, whom you remember with so much love. But in your eagerness to restore your niece to a familiar environment where she might be close to people she knows... You forgot the reason why Kit had fled from Wakefield. The fact that she had committed the crime of perjury. Now, in bringing Kit back to her home state, you may have endangered her recovery rather than helped it. 